0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
1: Saints Happy Hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. That's saintshappyhour.com. Hey, Ralph. Ralphie. Ralphie. Andrew and Dave. All right, I got, the, got a little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you what. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the? Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. I try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Now, Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? Get are in a big trouble, pal. He's using shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious. Got a little bit of chip on your shoulder, huh? You got to cut people down all the time. Is that what you got to do? But uh, know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shooter out. <laughs> all right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's that time of week again where we are on Twitter Spaces Live. We do this every Wednesday or Thursday, depending on schedule and Saints news. Uh, we get on Twitter Spaces where we allow fans to interact with us, to ask us questions. We talk about what's going on with the Saints. It's a great time. If you're listening live, we appreciate you joining us on Twitter Spaces. If you're listening to the replay version, remember to check us out on Twitter Spaces Live. Join in with everybody. We're always having a great time. Uh, time. So Saints in mini camp. Huge huge news today. Uh, that's the breaking news siren. If I wasn't having a colonoscopy today, we probably me, me and Andrew would have done a breaking news p- podcast on this. Uh, Marcus Davenport uh, had to get part of his pinky amputated because he's had so many surgeries go wrong. Uh, they think it's going to be fine but uh, if you told me that a Saints player would have part of their finger finger amputated in the offseason, I think Marcus Davenport unfortunately would have been my number one choice to have that happen. This poor man, he's always injured, he has ailments, he has uh, hurdles to, do, to to go overcome. And the frustrating thing with Marcus Davenport, I believe, is. He gets we get frustrated with him because we've seen we see what he can be for the Saints, right? You know, Andres Pete gets injured for the for the year last year. We yawn, we're like, oh, whatever. Doesn't even matter. But Davenport, we get frustrated with him because he played eleven games last year and he had he had nine sacks. Like we see the potential of Marcus Davenport to be incredible. He was Andrew's most valuable player on defense. When Andrew Andrew he does the grades every week. If you're a patron, you can get access to it. You should sign up and become a $10 patron so you can get access to the grades. But he does the grades. Marcus Davenport was his MVP on defense. So that's that's his potential. We see it. And that's why the injuries with him frustrate us so much. And it's June what is it? 15th, and he's, he's losing part of his finger. It's not good. It's not good. Um, but uh, they have people that can play without digits. Uh, JPP uh, famously does it for the Bucs uh, for a while, and he, he remained elite. So I think just missing part of his pinky, I don't think it'll derail him. But it's just another in the list of things that have happened with Marcus Davenport. That just drive us, drive us batty, right? Um, you know, and the other news about minicamp that really struck me before we get to the defense and some of the sound bites, the thing that sh- gets me just excited is Chris Olave. Like he he was making plays. I saw some of the highlights of the video on Twitter today, some of the catches he made he's the he's going to be the real deal. I, I think he's going to be tremendous. I think the fact that this wide receiver class in the draft was stacked, I think he's going to end up being the best one. And that gets me excited because, as many of you know, I am on a personal crusade and war against all the analytics and draft nerds uh, and their hatred of the Saints. And if Chris Olave... If he starts to thrive and he starts to be amazing, I'm going to pummel them because we have the receipts of all the draft nerds who rip the saints from pillar to post about the trade up for Olave. And if he ends up being really good, I'm going to bang on them. And that's basically, I want the saints to win, and I want to be able to bang on the nerds. And Chris Olave being good allows me to do that. So I'm incredibly excited. Anytime I see him thriving, you know, but this offense with the Saints, and if you want to chime in, ask to talk, and I'll get you right in. this offense to me I think no, I don't think I know that the experts around the NFL, the national people, they think they watch all the teams and they know more than us, right, and blah blah blah, they 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 don't the the thing that they either overlook. Or they just ignore because they don't really like the Saints and they don't want the Saints to succeed because they don't like how the Saints operate. The thing that they overlook is the Saints, we know how injured they were on offense. We know how much struggle they had at wide receiver. But their offense, it was dead last in passing. Dead last. 32nd in pass offense, okay? And it kind of... Maybe got overlooked because people Sean Payton was offensive genius, and and they don't focus on it. But it it's it's going to be a lot better. Like, and it's going to the the thing that I think the experts don't realize, and I don't even think Saints fans we realize is if the Saints pass an offense, if it just goes from last to like fifteenth, sixteenth, it's going to feel like we went from. Being homeless to living in a five thousand square foot mansion, even though it'll only be average, like average will be such a big improvement over what they had last year, and you just you just sort of don't think about it. But we, we talk about, hey, the, the receivers were the receivers were terrible, and 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 you know they had Marcus Carrollaway was the uh was the number one and and it was bad and that's what part of why james struggled and it was all true right but the fact of the matter is the the analogy i'll i'll use is this in 2017 the saints it was remember they turned it around finally and they had a, they had a great year and
3: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Offense was still good, but, but the previous four years, the Saints were top five in third down conversions. And in one of the years, they were almost 50%. And I think they were, in back-to-back years, they were first in that five-year stretch. And they, were, and they, they did not drop below the fifth best team on third down. In 2017, even though they turned it around and they won the division and they were great and the defense got fixed, they finished the year 18th in third down. And it felt like abject poverty. We were freaking out about it. People were like, why are they so terrible on third down? This is horrible. This is a disaster on third down. And we were like... It only feels like a disaster because they've been number one the last two years. They're 18th. They're slightly worse than average. So we're going to get that on offense, but it's going to be the reverse because it's going to go from 32 to like 16. And it may be even a little bit better with this offense, honestly, I think. So I just think this offense is going to make a leap that's going to be tremendous. And it's going to feel um it's going to feel very very good again and you know the good thing is they've they've set Jameis up to succeed um the question i want people to answer and pipe in is, is is the question i want you to answer is chris olave over or under 900 yards receiving because it's a it's a hard number to it's a hard number to get if thomas is healthy if Landry is healthy, if Kamara, I don't think he will get suspended. If he doesn't get suspended, Olave getting really big numbers becomes difficult. But I want you guys and ask to speak, and I'll 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 put you through. I want you over under Chris Olave, nine hundred yards, and you tell me if you think that's going to happen. You know. Um. So we got some we got some requests. Uh. So. Uh, BJ what you got for me?
0: Ralph, what's up man?
1: What's up? Go ahead.
4: But yeah, you know I'm a better man. You know I'm a better man, but I got I think I think it, the art offense is just too powerful, so I like the under 900.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it, to me it, it's good it's going to be hard like the the number 9 900 you tell me. You tell me. If if you told me Michael Thomas's numbers, then I could feel mm-hmm. way better about it. Like if if you told me Michael Thomas is gonna miss, is gonna ha- struggle, and he's gonna miss six weeks, and he's only gonna catch seventy five for eight hundred, then I'd be like, ooh, it might tick it up. But I think Chris Olave is go- potentially. You know how Traquan is. We always joke that. Traquan Smith is—he's Team. amazing. Teams forget he <laughs> exists, right? And he's just running wide open, and we're like, when teams forget to cover him, he's amazing, right? I think potentially we could get the super deluxe version of that, BJ. But it's Chris Olave, and we're like, and instead of laughing at teams, we're like, Haha, they forgot to—they forgot to cover they forgot to cover Tra- Traquan. But we can't—we yeah. can't really blame them. It's going to be—I can't believe these teams forgetting to cover Chris Olave. What are they doing? And. I think it's he's potentially he could have monster yard numbers, but his catches might not be that high. You know, it could be it could be a potential recent Saints Hall of Fame inductee, Devery Henderson, where he, he's getting seven hundred yards but he's catching forty five balls, right? Yeah, I
4: like I like the deep play with like him and Deontay little play action, thirty yard bond. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean that's, because, I, that's what I like from because, him.
1: because BJ, you just look at this offense, right? You just look at it and you say I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have Michael Thomas, Landry, and Olave on one side, and I'm gonna have one back, and I'm gonna motion out Camara. Uh-huh. Good, good luck, defense. What you gonna, what's you gonna do? Like that, that's, a, and especially on like you run that play, and it's like second and two. Oh a my god, a good
0: little screen, little good little
1: oh. swing
4: screen.
1: Oh my god, it's it's good. And, and the thing is, to me. Is can Jameis be better in the short area? But the, the thing that I love about Jameis, and people think I hate him, and I don't. I bang on him, and uh, you know, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, not. Cons-
4: yeah, you're not. You, you, you speak the truth. You're not. You're not one of them biased, yeah, biased I, fans. You speak I, the truth.
1: Yeah. I think he's gonna be. You know, I think, I think potentially he could be like the 12th best quarterback. But if the Saints' defense is good, is remains good, if he's the 12th best quarterback, they're gonna win. 10-plus games. But the thing that I love about Jameis, and I mean this, is he's a man who knows what he needs to work on. He has said it repeatedly. I need to work on the intermediate game. I'm trying to throw with my eyes closed. I'm trying to do these different things. So he mm-hmm. kn- he knows his flaws, and he's working his tail off to fix them as he's recuperating from a knee injury. So that's why I'm, I'm rooting for Jameis. Um, and I'll say this. Like... Jameis if he if if he is a top 16 quarterback and the Saints defense remains a top 10 defense they're winning the NFC South okay because we know they're gonna kick Tampa's butt right we we know it and by the way BJ thank thanks for thanks for joining us I gotta get to freaking freaking of football but um nah, of course you got yeah uh I want to say this, CD's com- CD Deuce's comments today, I didn't, think, I didn't think it was possible for me to love CD Deuce any more than I possibly did, and then he reminded us about the Saints kicking the, kicking the tail out of Tampa and shutting out Tom Brady, I was like, I, I, I didn't think I could love him anymore, and I, I love him even more. Freaking about football, what you got for me tonight?
2: As far as Chris Olave, I think it's going to be under as well. Um, I think the other thing we might be uh, we also need to be looking at is that there are going to be games where the defense is just on one and shutting down opponents, and uh, Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael are just going to be like, you know what, offense just don't turn it over, like. Just yeah, don't do anything. Yeah, gonna, as
1: long as you're gonna have a lot of, yeah. you're gonna. Have, I think you're. I think. I think that's a great point. You're. You're potentially gonna have a lot of Jameis games where he's eighteen of twenty four for two ten and two touchdowns and no interceptions. Right. And right. The Saints they use. You know, because Drew had a lot of that in 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 twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. Where I mean. And he was playing it at MVP level in 2018 until a certain point, but they had a lot of games. Like remember 2017, like when they played Buffalo, they ran it. I want to say like 20, 23 times in a row, and they were just crushing. But and it was just like it was just Drew, just he was just handed off, you know. So I I think that's a good point about the Olave toll. 900 might have been too much. I, I would bump it down. Do you think more than 750 is a more? more
2: I think 750 it? is a good like point. I think I could see him being like at 700. I could also see him being at around 800. I think 750 is that point where he's going to be right around. Um, The other aspect about his yardage total will be that Saints running game. Because in 2017 we had a O-line that just demoted opponents. No defensive line was shutting down Kamara and Mark Ingram. And now Ingram isn't the same guy he was in 2017. And our o-line is not even close to what it was in 2017 when it had armstead Ramcheck, check warford yeah. um and then like it's going to depend on andre Pete's health ruiz's development um we'll see if penning starts um but if i don't see that o-line being like the run grading o-line that it was in 2017 well, so maybe. they I could mean,
1: i think pen- i think I think Penning is potentially, if they start him, if he he can beat out Hurst, which hopefully he does, potentially, I think he can be a monster in the run game early. I think he may struggle with the pass protection, and they say he struggles setting his hands, but he could be a guy that maybe early on, he's like, we're going to run behind him because he's just going to maul people. So it'll be interesting, but but it's really interesting, freaking about football, is that for the longest time we were just like the offensive line is going to be great if it stays healthy it's fine where this year we have a lot of que- like the the offensive line to me is the biggest question because you have questions with Pete in the interior and Ruiz and a tackle and you know it's a, it's a lot of questions and and I wonder how it shakes out because I I, I want to be optimistic because it's June and you want to believe I don't believe that Pete and Ruiz are both going to shake out and be good. Like I believe well, probably one of them will be good. Pete will get injured. Like it won't work out in our favor for both of them. You know, like
2: the, the saints are already telling you that they don't believe that's going to happen. They're bringing in the remains of Senio Clemente. That's right. um, <laughs> like th- th- my hope is that like penning or Hearst. I feel like if penning can win that job, you can move Hurst around as that backup O lineman that he's really good at at multiple positions? Um, I feel like maybe Senor Calamete, I don't know what he is. Like I haven't followed his career well, since he he's left. Been hurt. The,
1: the one thing I'll say about the one thing I was saying about Senor Calamendi is, and I think people forget this: is remember, with COVID, they exp- expanded the practice squad and they never really went back to the pre-COVID practice squad rules. And I think the, the way the practice squad sets up now, that's how it's going to be going forward because I think teams, the teams in the league like it because it gives them flexibility with injuries and different things. And you can have six guys on your practice squad that are just vets. You know, the Saints had Kenny Stills. They brought in Kenny Stills last year, and he was a disaster. So maybe that's not a good analogy for Senor Calamete. But as far as, like, a guy on your practice squad – that's a veteran. Like, Sino Calametti a good fit because he's played, in yeah. Saints, he's played in the Saints system. And, you know, I wish he was here, but Aunt Juge isn't yet. He always says offensive line especially is one of those positions where you can have a veteran guy. He's banged up. He's banged up. He's banged up. He's banged up. And then out of the blue, even though he's in his 30s, boom he gets healthy and he has a great year. The the example I'll use is Zach Streif. He coach he coaches with the Saints now. But he the example for him, he had a in, in 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 14 and 15 he was banged up, he was really struggling. It was like, "Eh, is it the end for Zach Streif? 2016, he got healthy. He probably had the best season of his career in 2016. And he was incredible, and I remember when they drafted Ramcheck in 2017, people are like, why did you draft Ramcheck? Zach Strieff had just had an amazing season, but he was getting older, and of course, the first game against Minnesota, he gets injured, and he really never plays that much again for the Saints. So, you never know, but the point is, like, Kalameda, yeah, you look at him, he's like, oh, he's been banged up the last couple of years, but you could put him on the practice squad, he gets healthy, and then He's a guy if the Saints need him for a month. You know, when Pete cuz Pete only averages 12 games a year, right? So if uh, you, if you need him for those 4 or 5 games where Pete misses, Calematti, he's not I'm not saying he's great, but he's not the worst. He's not the worst worst option in in, in the world uh, to have.
2: I mean, really, really the run game really depends on McCoy and Ramcha cuz like we saw the run game looked like awful and then you just insert a ram check for like the two games he was healthy at the end of the season like the run game looked a lot better than it was the rest of the season like as long as ram um, and mccoy or someone healthy we'll have a decent run game yeah yeah
1: Yeah. so thanks freaking about football I appreciate it alright so we got uh, Joshua what you got for us tonight olave over under May- 750 yards
0: I think Olave is going to be over 750 yards. Um, the only reason I say that is because I don't think Michael Thomas is going to be 100%. I mm-hmm. think he's going to be probably about 80% of himself. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have Landry fill in kind of that Emmanuel right. row. And I think Olave is going to come in and really put in that Michael Thomas role like the second year he had with Drew Brees. Um, but really quick, um, Ralph – miss you buddy doing a great job i think everyone missed you thanks, uh, thanks we, love
1: Jude's. we loved you we loved you <laughs> we loved you but we missed you yeah the, um, people don't appreciate they don't appreciate me till i'm gone right they don't they people right? th- people think i'm a i'm a mediocre terrible host but then these other these other jokers who we love dave and andrew put them in the put them in the captain's chair <laughs> and things go right right there there's
0: no captain kirk there uh no. but the one The one thing I will say, though, but I think everybody's missing is I really feel like our defensive line has the potential to be like our 2011 offensive line. Oh, man. Um, Just because of our, like, Davenport and his injury history, he's basically Teron Armstead, but on the flip side. Yeah. Um, If he can stay healthy, he'll do good. Uh, Then we got old man Cam Jordan on there, and you mentioned – um, Zach Streif, I really think that, like, bringing in Simeo Calamante will be a good fill-in position for someone like if Pete goes down or Hurst or, um, I mean, Cesar Ruiz. I mean, if he goes down. <laughs> yay. But <laughs> it sounds terrible. But, but, yeah, I think, honestly, our defensive line has the potential to have 2011 offensive line potential. Just be just so dominant and ridiculous. Um so
1: i'm excited about that i'm excited yeah um joshua thanks thanks for joining us. I appreciate it all right now we gotta get to um we're gonna get we're gonna get to uh thrax and then we're gonna get to butteridge Thrax vaughn what you got for me
4: what's up man what's up um so you you want to still answer the Olave question Olave or over, over under seven
1: hundred fifty yards start there
4: uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go over. Just because I think, like we said, Michael Thomas is probably not going to be 100% Mike when he comes back. So I think Olave is going to be featured in the offense. And I think he's going to be the D field threat. So I think his average per attempt is going to be high. Because he's going to be the guy that Jameis probably throws the ball down the field to. Yeah.
1: And I think, I know it's minicamp. And I know sometimes veterans really look good in minicamp. But I think potentially... That Jarvis Landry is going to have an amazing year. And we're going to be in October. We're going to be like middle of October, maybe November. And all these nerds, these analytics, these people that, that banged on the Saints are going to be like, oh my God. All these NFL teams throwing ridiculous, ridiculous money at all of these receivers, some of them very mediocre, like Christian Kirk got $18 million a year in Jacksonville. All these teams throwing all this ridiculous money at receiver, and the Saints got Jarvis Landry for $3 million. And he's, yeah, I think and he's that's, that's going to definitely be it's a steal. He's going to kill it.
4: You know, There's going to be a steal.
1: <laughs> because the thing is with him, he's he's a guy that he had some nagging injuries last year, but... Baker Mayfield. I don't like Baker. I am, I freely admit that. But Baker was hurt last year and and couldn't do a lot. He depended on Jarvis Landry a a ton last year in Cleveland. And you and you look at his Jarvis Landry's film in Cleveland when he played, he still had it. Like he's like he still does and and I just Yeah. I just I
4: didn't get the notion it. that that he was like like old or that he was at the towards the end of his career. Like I didn't understand. I get he had some injuries, but like I thought when he was on the field, he still looked like he had some yeah, so just, Obviously, he still could catch the ball.
1: I just didn't understand. I get that, like, at, at the beginning of free agent, the Landry fighters agent, because he wanted $20 million like everybody else was getting. I understand why teams didn't pay that. But there was a bunch of receivers where I was like, like, uh, Scantling for that the Saints tried to get that that Kansas City ended up paying thirty million dollars to, and I know they're not exactly the same kind of receiver, but I can name a bunch of other ones that got a ton of money. Like, why would teams pay that instead of just giving Jarvis doing what the Saints did with Jarvis Landry, like Baltimore, or other ones? I just it just it just boggles my mind, and 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 it's weird how sort of like teams. Like, have this group think about these players, and sometimes they're right, and a lot of times they're wrong. And, you know, people like Bill Barnwell, who I was fighting with, he knocked the Saints because he's like, nobody wanted Landry, nobody wanted Honey Badger, and the Saints signed him in May. The entire NFL passed on him. But the NFL teams are wrong about people, players, all the freaking time. The league passed on Honey Badger, by the way, in 2018 everybody passed on him, and the Texans signed him for like $6 bucks. The Saints signed Kirk Coleman, gave him $18 million instead of signing Honey Badger. So, like, teams make mistakes with veteran players all the time. Uh, I just... Final thing, Thrax, and then, and then, and then I gotta get to Butteridge. And I was surprised by the way I felt about this, because it was strange, is that just seeing Jarvis Landry and Honey Badger in a Saints uniform, in the Practice just with the shorts and the helmet, like it got me excited in a way about Saints football that I haven't been as excited, this excited about Saints football in a long time. And I wasn't expecting it, even though I know this, I knew the Saints signed them because they did it last month. They signed both of them, like I knew they were on the team. But just like seeing them in the uniform and seeing these local guys. In Saints uniform, like it got me excited in a way I wasn't expecting it to. Did it? Did you get that feeling this week during minicamp that it was like, oh my god, it's real, Honey Badger's real. Nah, honey. definitely,
4: because yeah, because I, I, I'm a like I'm a Saints and LSU through and through. Like that's the only team, that's the only football teams I support. So like seeing them boys, but in the in the Saints, the moment we signed them was like. It was crazy to me, you know what I'm saying. I had to, I had to, my Abby this picture. I like, <laughs> I had a, I had a Tyron Matthew picture right. in the Saints uniform. I had it up way before we even signed him. Like I was, I was praying for it. And then when it oh. happened, now just to see him in camp, bro. Just to see two like dudes that's from the from the area that know. What it means to the city, bro oh. I know they're going to ball out So Final. It's going to be crazy That first home game going to be ridiculous oh, I, I, First, to see home, out there, first home
1: game in Tampa I'm going Final thing You said your you're Saints, LSU Those are the only teams you support Are you like me And you root against SEC teams in bowl games That you're like I don't care I'm LSU Other SEC teams winning I don't care I want to see Yeah, LSU. I really LSU. don't care about nobody I want to see all LSU. LSU. Yeah, I, wanna I don't see care. LSU. I
4: hate uh, really all the other SEC teams i yeah, just no. LSU all day <laughs> I'm like,
1: they're like Don't you care about the conference? I'm like I don't root for other NFC South teams. Why would and I? do that in those Tigers.
4: That's all this here for me, man.
1: <laughs> Thank you, man. All right. Budridge, uh I I know you've graciously taken time away from eating NBA tape to join us on the Spaces. So I appreciate you. You're you're probably breaking down NBA prospects for the Pelicans. You took time out of mm-hmm. your busy night to, to join us on Spaces. I appreciate it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm just going to say this. I'm like tripling down on Jameis Winston being. I think his ceiling is definitely going to be 2009 version of Matt Schaub. I love it because because if, if I'm just going to read off his stats. Redo it from his 2009 <laughs> season. So he had now, this was his career year, mind you. He had 4,700 yards passing. Ooh, that's a lot. On 68 on 68 completion percentage, 29 touchdowns, 15 picks. Averaged almost three hundred yards passing per game with a quarterback rating of ninety eight point six.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people on Twitter they were yelling at me and you, especially me, when, when yeah. you are like, "He's Matt Schaub." That's I'm like, Matt Schaub is a, if 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 Jameis can be Matt Schaub, if he can be peak Matt Schaub, which you just said, like that's great. That'll be really fun. Can it win in the playoffs? Yeah. I don't know, but you get you get. James B in Matt Schaub quality or you get him being Tannehill quality in Tennessee that'll be really fun like I don't, Oh yeah. Like I I don't think people realize
3: how good Tannehill has gotten once he got once he left Miami and Adam Gaze went to Tennessee you know how much his stats improved how much the Titans' passing offense kind of improved they just kind of look at his playoff performance against the Bengals and are like no, Tannehill sucks. They got it they got him on a dead contract. And well, he might not be good to really elevate your team. He can definitely he he, he still has talent. He's still a good quarterback.
1: Yeah, like like I don't know what you would I don't know what you would describe it as, but like ta, like Tanny Hill is a quarterback that like he will not derail your team. Whatever however good your team is built if your team is like mm-hmm. built and it is a ten, eleven, twelve win team, Tannehill is not gonna screw it, up. He's, gonna screw he's it gonna, up. he's not gonna screw yeah, it up. Gonna, he's not gonna
3: screw it up. He's not gonna cost you wins. He's not gonna it's not like having him in a starting line is gonna dock you a win or two. It it's more he's gonna he's gonna make your team look as good as it really looks.
1: Yeah, and look, he was he was awful in the Cincinnati playoff game. He was he was terrible. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. If you tell if you told me if you said, look, I'll give you a twelve and five, but there's a, s I'll give you a twelve and five season for the Saints. You're gonna win the South. But there's mm-hmm. a seventy percent chance that Jameis in the playoffs is gonna be like Tannehill. I would sign those papers today because twelve <laughs> and five is seventeen weeks of fun. One one bad playoff loss, as difficult as they are. I know I can get over them because I because or not get over them I can I can li- I can live move, move I can move through it I can deal with it I move, deal with 17 I deal with 18 I deal with 19 like uh, the loss to Tampa like crushing playoff losses I can deal with them like get, I'll I'll trade that for 17 weeks of fun I just think the discourse around Jameis is so frustrating. Because of Jameis, one of one, has gotten these people to believe that Jameis is this—he's this elite quarterback when he's just not. Like Jameis yeah. can be at his absolute best for the Saints. He's going to be like the tenth best quarterback in the league, eleventh best. But you know what? Like if your roster is good enough, you can win with that. And they got him on a two-year deal. They—if they get two—if they get two really good years out of Jameis. They could pay him, mm-hmm. and it can be fun. Like, people, I don't know why people have this expectation. Maybe it's Jameis 101. I don't know. But why they have this expectation of Jameis, I think it, in a way, I feel sorry for them because I believe the Saints are going to win games and they're going to be fun, but Jameis is still kind of going to be Jameis. And like yeah. they're not prepared for it. If you think Jameis is going to all of a sudden turn into, I mean, granted, he, I think there's, I think the, uh, taking him as a long shot bet to win the MVP, I've done it. it it's a long shot bet because the odds are great. I've, I've bet it, so I'm, it's fine. But like yeah. that's just a fun bet. But if you believe, really, truly believe in your heart that Jameis is going to be like a top, say seven quarter, say seven or top five quarterback this year, like you're going to be disappointed. Like. I think the Saints are going to win games. They're going to be fun. Their defense is going to be great. And Jameis is going to have moments where he's going to look amazing, and he's going to have moments where he's going to look like Jameis. And if you are not prepared for the Jameis experience that we're about to have, like, I think you're going to be let down. Like, embrace it. Like, it could be fun. Like, Jameis, the ups and downs and wild roller coaster ride of it, it's going to be fun. Like, and – Jameis himself is a character so like when he gets on a roll he's fun to follow and root for so hey guys this concludes the free version of the show if you want the full version you'll need to become a patron we need more support from the 2,000 of y'all that listen to the free show every week so we can keep Thomas doing all the great stuff he does the great content we give you guys takes time and money. Patrons get access to another 30 minutes of this episode. It's only $7 a month to get full access to the show, and you can become a patron at SaintsHappyHour.com. We appreciate everyone who listens to Saints Happy Hour. And even if you don't become a patron, please continue to enjoy the free version of the show. Let's jump into Pepper's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting
3: places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.